सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यम करवावहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमाविद्विशावहै ओम शांतिशांतिशांतिहि we will begin with the invocatory verse from the which is the first verse of the first chapter of panchadashi which is a called mangala charanam to gain the blessings of bhagavan guru etc you know this is what is chanted to gain the blessings of bhagavan and um and here bhagavan is invoked in the form of the guru uh, the as i said yesterday yesterday's class was all an introduction to the panchadashi in general uh, and so we saw how the how swami vidyaranya uh, swami vidyaranya's one of swami vidyaranya's gurus was a very exalted uh, and erudite teacher and scholar by the name of swami shankarananda and here this uh, swami shankarananda is being uh, lauded as the um, you know as the one who is going to give blessings for this work to be completed and we know that the blessings was the blessings were uh, successful why the prayer was successful because obviously the blessings have been you know are fructifying in the form of the panchadashi and are available even to this day to study we will chant this verse you can follow me and uh, you know first we will chant it with a little break even though the first line is one word the second line is one word <laughs> but still to chant it at least when we are learning we have to break it in the middle and then as we get adept over the course of this month uh, then it will come easier namashri shankarananda guru padambu janmane savilas mahamoha very impressive and long compounds and uh, you know uh, we, that is why it is like that so one we'll start with the easiest word namaha so we feel good about ourselves everybody knows the meaning of namaha right uh, namaha means obeisance salutations namaskar so everybody knows that so namaha always takes what is called the fourth uh, you know the dative case in sanskrit and the dative case uh, you know means that namaha you know it, it translates as namaha unto something or somebody and so that to which the salutations that which is the object of salutations will take the dative case so then the next what follows is the dative case shri shankarananda guru padambu janmane it is not uh, shri shankarananda guru 
padambu janmane it's not five words it is one word so it's a complex compound so janmane that is the one it is that so in the sanskrit compound when you put the words together all the words that are part of the compound go back to what is called pratipadika pratipadika means it's there in their raw form and then the case ending which is the fourth case ending is always put at the very end so that end of all the words that you are putting together like you know we have you know if you want to say you know parvati cha parameshwarascha so parvati and parameshwara so then parvati is there and then you add parvati and parameshwara and then the dual case because there are two of them like ramha ramau so parvati parameshwarau jagatav pitarau vande parvati parameshwarau so the dual case comes at the very end of parvati and parameshwara so actually when you split the compound it is parvati cha parameshwara cha parvati parameshwarau so that's one example of a small you know simple compound and this one is much more you know complex and uh, i don't we will not be going into too much grammar but only uh, you know only when the occasion you know uh, warrants it we will be discussing some of this and so uh, let us look at the words separately we'll begin with the last word janmane so janmane means unto that which is you know which has birth which is the which has birth which has taken birth so janma you know is birth unto that which has birth which is manifest in other words so janmane so what is manifest you know uh, so which one we have to look carefully what is manifest here is it uh, shri shankarananda who is manifest or is it the guru who is manifest or is it padambu that is manifest padambu means the lotus feet and so where is the namaha the namaha is to the shankarananda guru and and when you say namaha to the guru uh, the, the namaha to the guru is always to the feet and we will talk about why and how that is the case it is always to the feet you don't say yo guru how are you doing and slap the guru on the back why <laughs> but you know after all it is what advaita non duality so why should you have the teacher and the taught and all these things and uh, we saw that even though it is as though the di- distinctions in the we saw that in the uh, at length in the dakshinamurti stotram even though it is the distinctions are as though they are more or less maintained for the sake of the parampara for the sake of the sheer delight and the reverence that one gains as a result of this knowledge because the knowledge makes one necessarily humble and so when we think of guru then uh, you know when you think of guru like pujya swami ji and other exalted teachers what do you think of you just think of their feet and so and and why feet you know and uh, you know to understand this itself is a big feat 
<laughs> to accomplish this understanding is itself a big feat because you know why feat because it is uh, understood in you know, on two two ways the feat uh, you know uh, symbolize the foundation of the knowledge hmm. so the guru is standing let us say and the guru is standing on what you know literally his or her feet you know the feet is making the guru stand stand up you know upright but literally what is the metaphorical way in which the guru is standing the guru is standing on the foundation of the knowledge so the feet become symbolizing the uh, symbols of the foundation of the knowledge so the the feet are what allow the guru to stand up and stand straight and you know and uh, you know uh, stand in the in the glory of one's own self you know sway mahimni tishthati in the glory of one's own self not leaning against anything independently standing just like the atma the atma is what self effulgent and self evident it does not lean on anything or stand on anything and even if the guru is infirm and wants to lean on a shishya or has to lean on a shishya or on a crutch or on a walker it still you know does not still you pay you know salutations to the feet of the guru because we are looking not at the literal feet but at the metaphorical feet and the the feet symbolize the self standing atma that which allows this atma to be recognized as the truth of oneself which is not leaning on anything the atma is not leaning on the jagat in fact it's the other way round the whole jagat is leaning on the i and atma is also not leaning on ishvara why because atma is ishvara and atma of course is not leaning on the jiva jiva is leaning on atma so atma means the truth of the self that is self effulgent self evident that which asks you, when you are asked the question are you here which spontaneously says yes because you know you are and that satchidananda atma and you know you are always the same unchanging i and so the guru who knows this you know therefore the feet symbolize that which is the self standing i and and who is you know paying obeisance to the feet is the one who wants to know the atma is the self standing i and to no, no longer lean on the jagat and to no longer just you know depend upon the jagat for one's happiness the guru is one who is atmani eva atmana tushtah without any reason for being you know um, delighted the guru is content and delighted with the truth of the self does not need to be entertained in order to be happy does not want anything else other than oneself to be happy and so this is lauded in the form of the feet of the guru so this is the the, the primary reason why when we think of teacher we think of the feet and also there are two other reasons the second reason is that you know when you want to address the feet and have a relationship with this knowledge via the foundations of this knowledge what do you have to do you have to bend 
and the bending is good as pujya swamiji would always joke because the madhya pradesh you know madhya pradesh means what you know there is a pun it is the biggest state in india right in the middle and also madhya pradesh means the midriff the middle region where all the gulab jamuns go <laughs> you know all the chaklis murukus gulab jamuns and you know payasam that we have all of all the sweets and everything go and sit in the middle region and so one nice way <laughs> to uh, you know forestall that and keep the middle region slim and trim is to bend jokes aside you know that bending is a is a is called in sanskrit as prahvi bhava you know prahvi bhava means the bending and the physical enactment of this bending is uh, you know yields a lot of metaphorical fruits in the form of keeping the mind and the heart humble which is a requirement to gain this knowledge because you as we know the ahankara plays numerous tricks and the ahankara makes you feel like you know why do i need this knowledge i'm fine as i am all these years i have gone without this knowledge what happened nothing happened you know and i am all right and if i am ishvara why i have to study this i you know i am already ishvara does ishvara need to study no then why do i have to study all these confusions are there and this confused individual you know needs this knowledge but you know is unable to have the mental uh, what's its name the mental framework in the form of what is called adhikaritvam and so therefore you know the tradition forces one to bend and this bending i am not making up look at the 34th verse of the bhagavad gita tad vidhi know this knowledge how pranipatena by falling flat on the floor ha <laughs> ah, in front of the feet of the teacher pariprashnena sevaya by having a relationship of with the teacher in the form of respectful dialogue questions samvada and by doing seva tadvidhi pranipatena pariprashnena sevaya and these become the conditions these three things falling at the feet of the teacher you know for the sake of the knowledge and the seva and the proper dialogue proper attitude of respectful dialogue become the conditions for what upadekshanti te gnanam gnaninah tatvadarshinah so they then you know will definitely teach so the 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 mental framework of being always you know ready to bend ready to bend means what ready to receive the knowledge ready to be proved wrong ready to you know take you know to to even accept the that where one is right where one is wrong and the ability to correct oneself is the bending and the bending keeps the ahankara you know in check because you know if we look at the if we look at when the when there is a big uh, thunderstorm or a um, tornado or some kind of a big thing then you see that some trees break 
and some trees survive and if we look deeply in nature in the prakriti itself is a is a guru nature itself is a teacher and then what do you see is that the trees that are able to bend with the wind do not break the trees that are unable to bend break and so too in the human life we learn from all this we learn to be flexible especially where the source of knowledge is concerned because you know there is a benefit of doubt that is given to the source of knowledge namely the upanishad panchadashi and the, the one who is wielding the knowledge the teacher uh, so that i may be able to correct myself where i am wrong and so therefore the feet you know that is the second reason the feet become important it's a symbol of the student's humility and the surrender to the source of the knowledge so the first reason was what it's the found it is seen metaphorically as the foundation of the knowledge and what is the second reason it becomes a symbol of the student's humility and you know and the uh, and the ability to keep the ahankara in check very very important and there is one more reason why the feet uh, you know are uh, imp- you know the feet are seen as a place of uh, uh, you know uh, gaining the blessings and this is a very interesting reason uh, you know it comes from it has upanishadic backing but then you know it has become um, what is that it has become much more uh, filled with a lot of um, belief and shraddha based belief you know and uh, so the upanishadic backing comes from a mantra in the mundaka mundaka upanishad the third reason why the feet become a uh, important source of surrender the teacher's feet um, and so in the mundaka upanishad towards the end is a mantra आत्मज्ञम ही अर्चयेत भूतिकामह भूतिकामह the people who want wellness well being especially in terms of the material well being spiritual well being also is you know is, is of course important but often one realizes that the spiritual well being to a certain extent the spiritual growth is dependent upon the material well being and so to even all our prayers you know like sahanau bhunaktu may our bodies be nurtured and you know sthirai rangai e sthirai rangai hi stuttvagam sastanobhi you know apyagantu mamangani vakpranas chakshushrotram etc so even the upanishad you know maintains that a certain level of material well being physical emotional etc is you know is contingent upon the you know the ability to is dependent uh, you know the, uh, upon that is dependent the ability to gain the knowledge so the body should be well the hands and legs should be well etc so even for a jignasu some bhuti material well being is important and if one is not a jignasu of course the material well being takes precedence over everything else i should be okay there should be money in the bank i should be happy my family members should be okay etc 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 
okay and so and a feet you know and the guru is a person who is seen as vairagya murti an embodiment of not wanting things at all and yesterday's class i you know we saw what did we see in yesterday's class swami vidyaranya had so much vairagya that even though he longed he pined for a darshan of gayatri devi after completing gayatri mantra purush charana even though he did that then you know when goddess gayatri finally made an appearance it was after what after his sanyasa and he had so much vairagya that he did not even need her anymore he was able to just say thank you goddess i don't need you anymore in fact you have blessed me by what by not uh, needing uh, you know by helping me to not need a darshan by uh, helping me to just let go of that last desire to see god in a particular form in the form of the goddess etc and so we saw that vairagya and so that is an example of the extent of the teacher's vairagya because the teacher is always seen as the one who is one with the knowledge and so where you know and at the same time the teacher is gaining a lot of punya <laughs> how is the teacher gaining punya the teacher is gaining punya because each time the teacher teaches that is a punya karma so this is you know so how many classes so so much punya so little time to even expend the punya so now the teacher has got a big uh, potli a big what is that you know a big ball of punya correct and then and then if it was a normal human being normal means actually abnormal but from the standpoint of the masses of jeevas you know quote unquote as though normal so if the teacher was just like every other jeeva then this punya they they would be guarding very very carefully they would be consciously gaining the punya through doing things like teertha yatra and sitting in vedanta class etc because even sitting in vedanta class gives a lot of punya yes not just the teacher the student also gains punya because in the when you are not sitting in the vedanta class what are you doing you know one would be doing all other kinds of wrong things or useless things so therefore this is a punya karma and therefore you know the teacher has a lot of punya and if the teacher were a regular jeeva they would be guarding the punya and using it to go to heaven using it to, and hoping that it would fructify in order to give them a comfortable life with lots of money lots of visits to five star hotels etc you know and uh, you know first class plane travel so this is what they would hope the punya would fructify into and then a better next life but here we are talking of a teacher of vedanta who is not even interested in darshan of god like uh, swami vidyaranya and so where would all this punya go that is a very important question ha uh, where would all this punya go they don't require the punya and what maybe after life they are not planning on uh, you know next life or after life 
this life they are jeevan muktas or they have or they are sanyasis committed to gaining jeevan mukti because you see there are two forms of two primary forms of sanyasa many kinds of sanyasas are there so at some other uh, time we can discuss the different kinds you know uh, bahudaka sanyasi you know kutijaka sanyasi etc so many are there but uh, you know apat sanyasi all these things are there but uh, two primary forms are there one is called vividisha sanyasa veditum ichha so a sanyasa that is taken for gaining nishtha in the knowledge a lifestyle that is taken to 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 gain this uh, to, to assimilate the knowledge on a deeper level that is called vividisha sanyasa and then you know the other sanyasa is vidvat sanyasa vidvat sanyasa means the person already knows and the person you know just naturally drops out of of the life may not even take take to a to wear orange and one uh, you know recent example is bhagavan ramana maharshi he went you know to tiruvannamalai and there he right on the temple courtyard shaved off his head you know through his yagyopavita and all his clothes he threw into the you know tank of the the the, the water tank of the temple and then the priest who saw this the temple priest was a very wise pandit ji and the pandit ji came and gave him a piece of cloth and said i know exactly what you are doing here and out of this vairagya of this you know engendered by the knowledge you are throwing the old life away because it is happening spontaneously but for our sake and for the sake of the people please accept this kaupi na please accept this piece of cloth loin cloth and please wear it and please come and sit in the temple and you will be given food and you will be take you know take your needs will be taken care of and so ramana maharshi accepted the the langoti the the loin cloth and a you know and an upper cloth so the, the, some dhoti and then wore that so this is what is called a kind of a vidvat sanyasa so whether the guru is a vividisha sanyasi or a vidvat sanyasi they are not interested in punya at all <laughs> because you know if you are interested in punya you can't be a sanyasi that means you are interested in after life you want to shore up some bank account punya is just like a kind of a currency and here you know this is the punya is connected to what is called you know the, these three eshanas eshana means desire putraishana vittaishana lokaishana lokaishana means all these lokas i want to go here go there after death i want to see what pitraloka is and say hello to all the ancestors and then i want to go to brahma loka and sit in front of brahma ji and gain and study panchadashi there <laughs> why because here it is boring you know so i have to this is boring i want to go somewhere sit on cloud line in front of lord brahma ji all these strange desires i want to you know do a waltz with indra cha 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 you know all these uh, this is called lokaishana wanderlust whether it is in other lokas or even in this loka i want to go here i want to go to badrinath i want to go to kedarnath i want to go to valley of flowers i want to go abroad i want to go here all these things you know 
in fact pujya swami ji would you know uh, joke with people somebody would ask him have you gone to kedarnath have you gone to badrinath he would say my shani dasha has not yet come <laughs> shani dasha means to, to go to kedarnath is not ordinary you have to sit on a donkey's back you know and then go and the donkey is going on small ledges and you know sometimes it misses the balance and you know you get a little jolt sitting on the donkey all these things are you know difficult uh, things so for whom badri kedara and all the tirthas are right here in the heart why will they need punya so the so the lokaishana is not there then vittaishana is not there the desire to gain lots of money because what will the sanyasi do with money you know yeah and uh, you know some needs are there whatever and the rest they use for something no but maybe the sanyasi wants to build ashram and in that itself is another pressure you know i want to have big ashram and it should have so many rooms and it should have all these things and therefore i want to collect money this is all you know this all ashram is for the people it's not for the sanyasi people build the ashram and they invite the sanyasi to come sit and teach and the sanyasi says okay i could be sitting here i could be sitting in the ashram no problem and he or she comes and teaches that is how it is so the people build the ashram so the people have the you know the impetus and the desire to build the ashram kingdom whatever it is so there is no vittaishana there is no lokaishana or even if there is vittaishana or lokaishana it is not you know it is it is being shunned even in the case of a vividisha sanyasi and then finally there is no putraishana putraishana means wanting you know the delight of uh, having children and this is not just real children because that is not possible for a sanyasi who is you know who is uh, a monastic but we are talking of even metaphoric children <laughs> even that desire should not be there to treat to uh, treat the bhakta ganas you know the devotees or the students uh, infantilize them and treat them like children this is a problem you know to condescendingly look down upon the people that you teach is 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 is, the, is a very big problem that one has to really be very very careful about in the teaching there should be zero manipulation and zero expectation and if there is an expectation on part of the vedanta teacher it is that whatever is said is understood if not now 10 years from now that's the only expectation it's a relaxed expectation that you know i teach in order to be understood that's the only expectation it's not that okay you know one chose not to have children and go to this life but then what happens there is some pressure to be loved you know in a certain way and then you know then people end up infantilizing the yeah, the devotees and the students shishyas and devotees and even though you know the the guru is eulogized tvameva mata cha pita tvameva that is only from the standpoint of the student the student invokes the teacher as mother uh, sees perhaps the the a mother figure or a father figure in the teacher and that is a temporary place you know uh, of resolution because the one that approaches the teacher is the one that is you know 
is the one that is trying to come to terms with you know having a lot of uh, what's that having a lot of unresolved mother issues father issues which everybody has and in the process of seeking resolution for the mother issues and the father issues what happens one invokes in the teacher the mother or the father that one would have liked to have ha ah, because there is unconditional love there is you know zero expectation and you know that is that is what the whole thing is but this is and the this is a temporary transference it's a phase it's a phase which the teacher may even encourage in certain cases but that is being done as a pedagogical encouragement a pedagogical encouragement means a deliberate encouragement for the sake of the teaching to be assimilated and i have seen pujya swami ji do this sometimes people you know one one young uh, uh, you know lady came devastated because she had lost her father and she was so upset she was a jigyasu a mamukshu she was attending all the classes and she was very upset and was you know inconsolable because the father passed away suddenly and i happened to be in the room with pujya swami ji and i was getting up to go but uh, you know because obviously she needed some private time i thought and pujya swami ji just said okay oh, sit down don't go and i was so glad he said that because i was treated to this beautiful you know to, to this beautiful display of love on part of pujya swami ji he held her hand and he said from now i am your father treat me as your father gave her a hug she wanted to hold him he allowed himself to be held and you know and she was very consoled and very need you know very much you know much contented and happy she was not happy because she was still grieving but she went away soothed and you know and then i was still in the room and i looked at pujya swami ji he looked at me with a smile and this was a teaching moment for me and he said she needed that and she will need it for some time and we have to give this because this is what she needs which means what after a while she will not need this and i will withdraw the role of the father you know because this is just a small you know she he is allowing this transference to take place for her to be soothed enough to not go away from the knowledge this is what you know this is why the teacher will say you know certain things and so therefore what but the teacher should be free of the need to be the father or the mother this is what i saw in pujya swami ji a total freedom to either want to be the mother or want to be the father etc and so the teacher doesn't have what is called putraishana should not have what is called putraishana and should not refer to the student as you know children this is very you know troublesome and so then that where we'll now come back to the the question that we have been grappling with, with all along where will all the punya go <laughs> and here is a funny belief that the punya goes along with gravity it's funny because you can't even see punya correct you you can't see oh here goes punya here goes papa you can't see papa punya it is subtle but still even though it is subtle the human mind crazy as it is you know 
uh, uh, says that it is believes that it is subject to gravity and so now we bring in back the standing figure of the guru and if the punya is subject to gravity where will all these heaps of punya which the guru has total vairagya towards and not wanting to use any of it kidhar jayega where will it go huh this is not a rhetorical question answer it please ah it will go to the feet it will sink downwards and settle in the feet this belief has no upanishadic sanction this is what all the people somehow came to the conclusion totally illogical unscientific because something that is subtle where will it how will it go, you know be subject to gravity so you know but the belief is that it will settle to at the feet <laughs> आत्मज्ञम ही अर्चयेत भूति काम है यस दैट हैज उपनिषदिक सैंक्शन वर्शिप द नोवर ऑफ द आत्मा इवन इफ यू वांट फॉर योर इवन फॉर द सेक ऑफ मटेरियल डिजायर्स टू फुलफिल फॉर देम टू बी फुलफिल्ड मे वन वर्शिप द आत्मज्ञा द नोवर ऑफ द आत्मा दिस हैज उपनिषदिक सैंक्शन बट हाउ टू वर्शिप एंड व्हाई टू वर्शिप एंड व्हाई द फीट दिस इज purely you know bhakta bhakti belief based so the belief of all the bhaktas and uh, you know uh, this this is generational bhaktas you know com- coming down from the guru parampara they feel that all the punya settles at the feet and you as either the devotee or as the student devotee you know the one who is a jignasu bhakta or a bhakta who is not a jignasu what do you want punya all the jivas regardless of whether they are jignasus or not want punya jignasu wants punya because the jignasu doesn't want there to be any break in the teaching any obstacles to come you know adhyatmika adhi bhautika adhi daivika whether the obstacle is from outside uh, you know acts of god etc suddenly being you know divorced from the teaching or you know from one surroundings no obstacle should come and then finally from within oneself no obstacle should come to receive the teaching and so the feet become you know a place for milking punya and even the villagers know this and so everybody makes a bee line for the feet thinking that when i touch the feet the belief is what you know all the punya gets transferred on to me correct yeah and so this is you know this is the belief and then even the rural people in india somehow know this without having studying studied vedanta and again one time i was with pujya swami ji in uh, andhra <laughs> in rajamundri i went and uh, you know not even the town but some village near there uh, where they were having a big kumbhabhishekam and pujya swami ji said okay i will come and he was sitting there and he was surrounded by you know lakhs of people hundreds of thousands of people and then when they got a chance they were ni- literally milking the feet from the knee downwards <laughs> like one milks a cow and then form- finally it was so painful we could see for pujya swami ji that we had to find form a human chain to not let the people through because you know it was it was really very painful for him because when one one person does it it's okay 10 people do it it's okay maybe even a hundred but here we are talking of hundreds of thousands of people coming and milking the feet 
and not listening just say touch the feet don't milk it they were not listening so this is what is this thing and so this becomes you know what the third reason for the feet to be a you know to uh, to be a source of uh, invocation by the students and by the bhaktaganas so these are the three reasons uh, you know and the first reason is because it's the seen as the foundation of the knowledge and the second reason is to gain shishyahood to have a attitude to gain the attitude of prakvi bhava or a kind of a uh, you know the humility that is required for this teaching and the third reason becomes what the third reason becomes a uh, an important reason uh, in terms of the belief of the devotees this is the place where i gain the punya because the teacher is wasting this punya the teacher is not wanting the punya because the teacher is not having any desires so i become the recipient of this punya by touching the the feet so this is what the thing is and the feet are likened to the lotus usually we say lotus feet pada pankajam and here padambu padambu ambu here means lotus ambu actually means water but you don't say feet water we, we so uh, padambu uh, you know is is here the, the water means that which grows uh, in the water padambu you know is, is the uh, you know is the lotus feet so these lotus feet and uh, who, you know these why lotus because the lotus is a symbol of purity and the one who is one with this knowledge has is what nothing but pure nothing but pure because why no ragadveshas even on the relative level no ragadveshas no kama krodha all these things have been held in check ragadveshas are suspended and do not come in the way of the person's you know day to day uh, awareness and day to day behavior and then what kama krodha suspended raga dvesha suspended so they don't come into the picture and then you know they are resolved the mind is re- resolved through the practice of you know shama uh, dama etc all the qualifications and so therefore what the uh, the person is is pure pure hearted compassionate accommodative so this is on the vyavaharika level and from the standpoint of the absolute level vyavaharika means the empirical level but from the standpoint of the paramarthika level the absolute level also there is what freedom you know in the sense of the atma is naturally pure not subject to papa punya not subject to raga dvesha not subject to any kind of krodha etc any kind of dvandva and so therefore the the lotus becomes a symbol of purity because it grows in the sludge and it it dispel, repels the water at all sludge from uh, you know from from attaching to itself so to the guru's feet even though they may be you know they may be walking within 
within the world of duality, within the world of strife, pain, sorrow, etc., which, which many people consider the world to be full of strife and sorrow, they are pure because they are not, uh, you know, they are the foundation of this knowledge which the Guru enjoys. So they are not subject to any kind of attracting any kind of impurity. So unto this lotus feet, Swami Vidyaranya is offering his Namaha. And these lotus feet belong to whom? Shriya Yukta Shankarananda Guruho. Yeah. So Shriya Yukta, the, um, you know, Swami Shankarananda is the name. And Shankarananda is called Shri Shankarananda. Shri means prosperity, abundance. And what does this Guru, who is wearing a simple orange cloth, what does this Guru, what kind of prosperity does the Guru enjoy? He is, you know, we saw in the Dakshinamurti Dhyana Shloka, Nidhaye Sarva Vidyanam is the treasure house of all knowledge, Nidhi. You know, the, the treasure house, the treasury of knowledge. And so the abundance here is the knowledge. Abundance here is compassion to teach. Abundance here is the ability to just, you know, be one with this knowledge and to give freely. That is, so the one who is the coffer of this knowledge, Shriya Yukta Shankarananda, because this is the absolute and ultimate Shri He. Because, you know, all other Shri is relative because it is finite. But the Shri in the form of knowledge, you know, of the self is absolute because it does not, uh, you know, navriddhim yati nakshayam, it does not, is not subject to for the, the, you know, ups and downs like other fortunes, you know, it does not increase nor decrease because it is limitless and unchanging. And so this, the one who is, amply endowed with the abundance of self-knowledge. Shriya Yukta Shankarananda Guruho Padambu. You know, so this, you know, to unto the Namaha, you know, unto this lotus feet of Sri Shankarananda, who is what? Who is uh, full of abundance and abundance of knowledge, self-knowledge, and then what? And then, who is whose name is Shankarananda and who is fit to be called Guru. You know, these days we use the word Guru very loosely. Stock market Guru, life Guru, cooking Guru, dance Guru, music Guru. Nothing wrong, but it is not the right usage of the word Guru. The, the definition of the word Guru is Brahm, you know, Mahavakya Upadesha Karta. The one who is engaged in the act of unfolding the Mahavakya, which is Jiveshwara Aikyam. So, Brahma Vidya Upadesha Karta or Mahavakya Upadesha Karta is the definition of the word Guru. The one who teaches you uh, the, the nature of the self as non-separate from the creator of the world, the, the creator of the universe, the Lord. Jagat Karanam Brahma is equal to you. So the one who teaches Tattva Masi is Guru. And so here, 
Shankarananda obviously is fit to be called Guru because look at his, you know, look at his erudition and look, uh, look at who he has created in the form of the Shishya, uh, a figure like, you know, Swami Vidyaranya. So therefore he is fit to be called Guru. Gukaraha Andhakaraha. This is Vyutpatti Artha and uh, the grammatical derivation. Gu, the syllable stands for ignorance and ru stands for the one who removes this ignorance andhakara nirodhitvat guruhu iti abhidhiyate the appellate you know of guru the comes from the gu the is the, the darkness of ignorance the tamas and ru the one who removes it so obviously shankarananda is fit to be called called guru and then unto the feet, unto the lotus feet, Namaha. And what are these lotus feet? The lotus feet, who have been, the, those lotus feet that have been born, unto the born or manifest lotus feet, Janmane. <laughs> so the feet have taken birth, how can the feet be born? <laughs> feet are born when the knowledge is assimilated, that is the whole idea. When the, the student supplicates to the teacher, that is when the teacher is born. Huh? The teacher is not some kind of an epithet. The teacher is a relational epithet. So when the feet are born, that means when the person became worthy of being surrendered to. Huh? That means there was something to see in this person, there was something to gain in this person and so the feet become the, you know, feet become the altar of surrender, you know, when? When the Shishya approaches the teacher and here is a beautiful way in which why, you know, the, which symbolizes the happy birthday moment for the feet of the Guru, very beautiful. I mean, so involved, really, we can keep on going talking about this. So, the feet are celebrating their birthday. Why? Because Swami Vidyaranya is adoring the feet as a Shishya. Very lovely. And so, just like, you know, Lord Dakshinamurti is Ashtamurti. You complete the uh, Lord. You are, you know, surrendering to the Lord and that is why the Lord is the Lord. The Lord is not the Lord without your presence. Similarly, the Guru is not the Guru without the Shishya's presence. Very interesting. Because what the Guru teaches and what the Shishya embodies is one same Atma Tattva, the non-difference between the teacher and the student. And yet, as though split in order to understand this oneness, so the last frontier of duality, these feet are adored because they are going to take me to that place of oneness within myself and these feet that have been born. So why have these feet been born? Let us look at the next line. Guru Padambu Janmane and the feet have been born because they have, these lotus feet have a specific purpose in life. Only they have, they have a one job, you know, they have only one job to do. Oh, what do they have to do? They have to bear the weight of the Guru and they have to make the Guru walk around and make the Guru run and walk. 
No, the feet have been born for a different reason. The feet are called, you know, Eka Karman. Eka Karman means only one job. Eka Karmane, unto those one job feet who have been born, they have, they have a, the existence of the feet. This is the Shishya's attitude. You know, Shishya is not worried that the Guru needs the feet for walking, etc. That is just a Vyavaharika empirical reality. We are talking of a subtle reality. Why the feet exist? The feet exist and the feet are manifest in the form of the, you know, an altar of surrender for one purpose only. So, in other words, the feet have, the Guru has only one purpose. What is that? To dispel the ignorance of the student. The Guru is invoked not as a blessing Guru. There is no such blessing Guru. Ah, that blessing Guru and all this has to be, you know, uh, has to be, uh, what is that, you know, dispel, uh, dispensed with right now. Because we are talking of Jignasus and Mumukshus. We are not talking of people coming and milking the feet for some Punya. We are talking of Jignasus and from the standpoint of the Jignasu, the feet of the teacher symbolize knowledge and they exist for one purpose alone, to dispel my ignorance as a student. And so this is very beautifully talked about in this, uh, you know, in this mantra and Eka Karmane, so the feet are born, you know, Guru Padambu Janmane, unto that feet they have been born, who have only one purpose, whose sole purpose of birth. Why did the purpose of birth of the feet? So birth of the feet means birth of the status of the Guru is only for the sole purpose, Eka Karmane, unto those feet that have one purpose, Namaha. What is the one purpose? Savilasa Mahamohagrahagrasaha. So let us look at the word graha. Graha means shark, crocodile and other big biting things. <laughs> other big biting things that are alive in bodies of water. And usually if you see these biting things, crocodile means half the animal is teeth. Think about it. Ah. Shark, you know, that's why they made the movies Jaws. And then, uh, not content with that, it was so popular, they made Jaws too. Yeah. And so, like this, you know, all these big biting things, half the animal is teeth. You know, the sharks have three rows of teeth, as though one is not enough. Three rows of teeth. And because they retain their milk teeth, and two other sets of teeth are born. So, like this, you know, this is, <laughs> uh, the, the, these, these biting things, like crocodiles, graha means that which bites, that which catches. And so these catching, biting things, now they are chosen because you have other biting things like lions, etc., tigers, but we are not looking at those. We are looking at those biting things that live in bodies of water. Any idea why those have been chosen? Graha. Why bodies of water? Huh? What does the water symbolize? Ah, exactly. Water symbolizes samsara because glub, glub, glub. Huh? One feels one is always permanently drowning, present continuous. Because if you drown once and for all, no problem, gone. But here, gone, 
come back gone come back for air yes i'm okay i'm contented no 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 glub 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 you know all these this this feeling of always being you know susceptible and vulnerable to the flings and uh, you know to the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune in the form of the waters of samsara papa punya fructifying you know uh, in time and then one being a flotsam and jetsam in the ocean of samsara that's why the biting things suddenly catch in the form of one's own karma you know and one's own ignorance here it's not so much karma it is ignorance so of all the biting things ignorance you know has the biggest and the most injurious bite so the you know this bite is in the form of the crocodile and this crocodile this is all metaphoric because you see in adi shankara's life he goes for the bath in the river and the crocodile catches hold of his foot and when does the crocodile release when the mother gives him blessings to renounce this world meaning go for this path of knowledge ah so here this is a literal manifestation of the crocodile so figuratively also the catching crocodile of ignorance is let's go when when the when the one commits to self knowledge that's when the ocean of samsara starts to re- uh, release and when the crocodile releases its graha grip so here so the uh, what do, and how does the crocodile release the grip because if the crocodile thought it was the best and biggest biting thing crocodile is what ignorance it is you know it is proved wrong because the feet of the guru <laughs> kick the crocodile of the this biting crocodile of ignorance the feet of the guru have a mouth that is bigger than the crocodile huh the feet of the guru bite the crocodile consume the crocodile in one fell swoop in one bite yeah this is what is called grasa food yeah that's how we have the word grass in english grass also means food after all people are eating drinking wheat grass juice etc sanskrit word grasa means a bite of food food is grasa so those feet which have been born for the sole purpose of eating up the crocodile of ignorance that that has eaten into me the jiva from lifetimes after lifetimes and has bothered me has made me full of holes full of you know identified with all my limitations you know unto that feet namaha and not only that you know when the crocodile goes the crocodile of ignorance goes along with that the waters of samsara also recede seaweed recedes the riptides recede the whirlpools recede because all of them are dependent upon this water and this water the and the crocodile itself goes the water goes everything that sustains the crocodile also goes ah why because all those riptides seaweed etc they are dependent upon the ignorance 
when the ignorance goes all the you know atma ajnanam means i don't know myself that has to go and when that goes all the effects of ajnanam samsara go so the effects of ajnanam you know in the form of i don't like myself nobody loves me i'm getting a bad lot in life all of them go because they are leaning on the ajnanam so those feet that eat up whose sole purpose of birth taking birth is to eat up the crocodile of ignorance unto those feet namaha and so one more time we'll chant it now that we know the whole meaning so we make sure we have not left out any word namashri shankaranandha gurupadambujanmane ಸಂಸಾರ and what is the effects of samsara the effects of samsara is thinking myself to be a limited individual seeing myself as a victim karta bhokta etc that is savilasa and what is this gras graha this mahamohagraha maha means great moha is the delusion as a result of ignorance so the resultant delusion because of ignorance is the crocodile and that crocodile when it is taken care of by the feet of the guru by surrendering to the feet of the guru takes care of the crocodile and along with the crocodile you know you pull the plug on the waters of samsara the waters go everything that sustains the crocodile goes the food of the crocodile goes the waters go the seaweed go goes the riptides and the everything go and so that is that is what you know is a this is what an invocation really and so if you can you you can imagine if this is the first verse of the panchadashi this is a today we have had a little appetizer in the evening class and then so tomorrow morning we will have you know we will start the main course with the with the fourth chapter <laughs> we'll have one of the main courses we have that to look forward to ಪೂರ್ಣಮದೂರ್ಣಮಿದೂರ್ಣಾಥೂರ್ಣಮುದ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 